Hello, co-opers and listeners. Welcome to Co-opcast, the official podcast for the University Cooperative Housing Association. I'm Rodrigo Lara, and I'll be your host for today. On this episode, we start our second season, the Winter 2021, and we have our special guest today, Adrian Acosta. Um, his major, he's a PhD student on chemical engineering, and he does research on nanoscale magnetic and magnetoelectric materials. And he will be our new host for this season with episodes about research. Hello, Adrian. How are you? How do you feel? Uh, hi, I'm good. Thank you for uh, having me on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for interested in participating. So, yeah, I, I would like to ask you our first question. Like, it's very interesting, intriguing. Uh, wh what is that that you research? Nanoscale magnetic and magnetoelectric materials. Can we talk a little more about that? Yeah, um, I can try to expand a little bit more on that. So... Um, the first word in there is nanoscale. Um, the thing I want to mention is that materials often behave like much different at the nanoscale than what we see uh, at like macro scale sizes. So, um, so what I mean by nanoscale are, yeah, uh, looking at phenomena of materials, especially at uh, very, very small scales. Um, and you get like weird effects uh, that happen at the nanoscale. Um, because of lots of weird quantum physics, right? Um, so uh, for when it comes to magnetic and magnetoelectric materials, um, they have lots of applications for modern uh, technology like memory devices or um, transistors. So uh, for those of you that don't know, a lot of modern memory devices um, like for storage are based on magnetic materials. And as most people are aware, like digital information is usually stored as zeros and ones, right? So in, 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 at the, at the uh, material level, that's whether the magnetic material is pointing in one direction or the other, that makes the one and the zero. Um, that's a simplistic way of looking at it. And so what I kind of study are like some of the different ways that we can control making a material point its magnetism from the zero to the one position. Like, can we do it more efficiently with, you know, these interesting nanoscale effects? Um, so you can imagine that normally you control magnetic materials with magnetic fields. Can we control them with electric fields, for example, which is more energy efficient? Um, so that's one uh, example. Uh, does that help explain <laughs> kind of what I do? Yes. Wow. Wow. That's, that's nice. That's super cool. Actually. Uh, I, I don't understand much about it, but, uh, I can, I can imagine that from what you said, it's like, uh, you said that your research is related to like a, a storage of like a memory of electronic devices and also energy use. Because uh, for me, like, uh, I know nothing about it. Uh, I, I thought it was like everything in the cloud. Like, wasn't wasn't that like a cloud in the air that you store <laughs> things or like my files is on in the sky? And tell me something also. Uh, do we have the formula for like in, infinite battery? I, I'm sure like Apple has it, but they hold it like uh, like to like keep 
making obsolete cell phones to sell it. Oh, okay. When you say absolute, yeah. when you say infinite battery, do you mean that it lasts forever? Yes, that, that you don't need to okay. like charge it all the time, or like it so, dies at some point forever. Right, like like your phone, like the battery ends up getting like worse and worse after like a year or two, right? Yeah, that's um, you. So the, the the short answer is a lot of people spend a lot of money researching how to make them last longer. So um, and so the short answer is no, there isn't, and people do want to find that because mm -hmm. it's kind of like if you if you can make one that lasts longer you can make a lot of money selling it so um the the, the main problem so i'm not a researcher in battery uh, mm -hmm. like devices yeah. or battery chemistries but what i know is that the reason that it degrades over time especially lithium ion batteries is because the material itself degrades with every charge cycle because what you're doing is in the in the lithium so lithium ion batteries from the name itself you have lithium ions in the chemistry and those lithium ions you're using energy to store them in, in, in essentially in a crystal where they it takes energy to put them inside a crystal where they don't want to go without a driving force uh -huh. and so that crystal degrades over time because it's expanding and that expansion and contraction over time kind of degrades the material. Um, so with every discharge and charge cycle, you're kind of expanding and like and contracting the material more and more. So it's kind of degrading over time. So okay. that's kind of the basics of what I know that like mm -hmm. this, this lithium intercalation cycle just degrades the material like with, you know, over a couple thousand cycles. So it's a very, very mm -hmm. active area of research on making them last, last longer. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure that they spend like many billions of dollars in this area. It's actually probably one of the biggest areas in, in chemistry, making mm -hmm. batteries last longer. La nice, nice. Yeah, I think I remember something from my chemistry class in high school, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so if you can make one, you'll make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One day they will invent it, like the infinite battery. Or I don't know, solar. They have like solar and stuff, you know, energy from light. Right, like, like especially for work like that. Yeah, uh, like also for cars, right? That yeah. um, you're if you're spending a lot of money on a car with a battery, you don't want it to, you don't want to have to replace the battery after like 10 years, right? Or, yeah. or, or. Like, like a normal car can last you much longer um, than, than 10 years, right? So it mm -hmm. helps improve the uh, life cycle of an electric vehicle. Nice. Cool. And tell me something, Adrian. How long have you been studying that? Um, so right now, I'm a fourth-year uh, PhD student mm -hmm. at UCLA. So uh, basically four years. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I knew absolutely nothing about... Uh, how magnetism works, magnetic materials, or anything when I came to UCLA to do research. It's more like mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I found a lab that I thought looked like they did interesting things. And I kind of just was dropped on this project uh, mm -hmm. where they do research on like magnetic materials. And then like, uh, I knew absolutely nothing really. And, uh, mm -hmm. I've, and, but then I ended up finding it incredibly interesting and uh, seeing like, 
just how much potential there is for technology like this in the future. Um, because for like making like more modern technology, it's not just about making it smaller, but making mm. it more energy efficient is very important because one, going back to the battery, you waste less battery. And, uh, and like, and uh, in general, like we use a lot of energy to run the world. So having like using less energy to run the world, that's better for the environment, like cost yeah, and efficiency overall, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, great. Uh, and Adrian, yeah, you've been studying that for four years and how long have you been living at co-op? Like about two years, one year and a half, right? Um, I've been living here, yeah, one year and a half now, actually. So um, uh, when I first came to UCLA, I was uh, actually living in the graduate housing here. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, needless to say, it's very expensive. Um, the, the, the unit, like the UCLA affiliated graduate housing. Um, and so, uh, and I also lived in some other areas nearby. I didn't find out about the co-op until, yeah, about like two years ago. And it sounded too good to be true at first. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was honest, <laughs> I was honestly surprised that I hadn't heard about it before. Because mm -hmm. if I knew about it from the beginning, I would have lived here from the beginning. Yes, me too. Same. Uh, and I wonder, yeah, you probably are super busy with your studies and your research and work. So how does it balance with like co-op living? Because uh, in co-op, you, you have your short shift, you have like group age, you, you know, you have, you sometimes you have a roommate that you, that talks to you all the time. So how, how do you balance that? How is your uh, researcher life compared to your co-oper life? Yeah, I mean, I can say a couple things about that. Um, like the first thing is, I feel like um, living at the co-op as a grad student, um, it's almost like a life hack in terms of the improvement in the in, in, in the quality and efficiency of your of your life because um, I don't have to spend any energy uh, uh, thinking about what I'm gonna eat that day. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't have to spend energy think like like preparing food. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and uh, like on days that you're very busy, it's great that I don't have to spend time cooking. I can just show up at the co-op, grab my food real quick and uh, get, so as, so not all grad students do like experimental research or are in like science and engineering, but as mm -hmm. someone in that, um, I, there's days where I might have to spend a lot of time in the lab. Um, so it's great that I can just uh, allocate some of that mental energy away. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, and uh, my my weekdays might be pretty busy, so it's uh, it's been it's been fine just scheduling my quarterly, I mean my uh, my weekly chore on the weekends. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, I was expecting a different uh, answer. I thought like you were like uh, maybe would stress out because you need to study and like work maybe in the kitchen and deal with a roommate but yeah i mean uh, I I, that your life gets gets better actually when you move to co-op and you are, you are living after you're living somewhere else and you, you said like it was like too good to be true so tell me what what was your expectation before you, you moved to co-op what what were you scared about it or we all need to check that well is that real like you have like free food there what is that so, yes so i mean yeah, like from two perspectives. I mean, one is the rent is very cheap for mm -hmm. the area. Um, 
So that's one thing. Uh, but yeah, like you said, like the free food. So mm -hmm. even if you didn't include the free food in the rent, it's still very cheap. Yes. And then you throw in I food agree. on top of that. Uh -huh. Like it sounded way too good to be true. Uh -huh. um, yeah. But, and so, I mean, I will say like when I first got here, the food was great. Um, it was amazing. Uh, I heard from a lot of other co-opers, like when I first got here, like they, they felt sick of the food. Um, <laughs> in my opinion, yeah, you do get a little bit sick of the food uh, over time, but yeah. when you weigh it against not having to cook it, that's a great trade off. Yeah, uh, another question that I, I always ask here, what you said about the food. So what would you change about co-op? What would you improve in co-op? Like what would be your idea or what would you do a project or whatever? Oh, uh, great question. Um, so I think a lot of people feel like the vegetarian options could be better. Um, I think they have gotten a little bit better since I got here. So that mm -hmm. has been an improvement. Um, so the rice is also okay, it's perfectly <laughs> fine. <laughs> but I feel like it, like eating it every single day, um, if there was one single thing I could improve was the quality of the rice itself. Because I, <laughs> I have it for every meal except yes. breakfast. Yeah. So if there's one thing I can improve, it's the rice. No, rice for me is like full of garlic and season and everything. Yes, just, yes. Uh, yeah, like, that's like not just another podcast of the podcast just for talking about the rice. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't believe. You wouldn't believe. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, you will be our new host. Yeah, for special episodes about research at Co-op. Uh, how do you feel about it? What are your expectations? What's your idea? Can you tell us about your idea for your episodes? Yeah, so I noticed when I got here, I was kind of expecting when I initially got to the co-op that it would be mostly undergrads. Um, and I was surprised to see that there's uh, a, a wide amount of, uh, like, uh, so many grad students doing a wide variety of research uh, in, in, in of many topics, um, both like science and engineering, but also in like humanities. And I thought that was very interesting. And uh, just talking to other people around the co-op, you like get to like like learn a little bit about what they're doing. So I was thinking that, you know, they're working on such interesting things, you know, we can uh, maybe have a like longer discussion and expand a little bit about uh, what we do and um, like teach a couple more people about like what it is that we do and why is that interesting and um, why is that important for both, um, uh, our society or what's, or, or what, nice. what new perspective can you bring, um, to, to, to society, right? Wow. That's great. That's very nice. Uh, and Adrian, what would be now the final question? What, what's your final message for, for new members or, uh, I don't know, uh, alumni or people who want to do research or apply for a PhD at UCLA? What's your message? What's your main advice for them? Yeah, um, so I think actually the fact that there are a lot of other grad students around the co-op gives you a great opportunity to talk to people about uh, what are the pros and cons of going to grad school. Um, a lot of people like 
me, I didn't really even know like what grad school was all about until like my junior year of college. And uh, like applying to grad school often involves like preparing very early. Um, if you're applying to like PhD programs, they want to have see that you have like a, a, a research, uh, a history of doing research. And so if you get started on that earlier rather than later, that's great. And so um, I feel like if I had, uh, you know, had the opportunity to like talk to more grad students about like what it is that they uh, do as a grad student, I would have gotten interested in research a lot earlier and been able to be even more prepared both for grad school and my future career. Nice. That's a great advice. Thank you so much, Adrian. That was it. Uh, I'll see you on next episode. Thank you for having me. Yeah, sure. That was it for today. Thank you for listening to the Co-op Cast. If you want to know more about the Co-op Cast or Co-op in general, go to the website www.ucajonline.com. And if you want to take part on the Co-op Cast, reach out to us. Thank you so much. Stay tuned for next episodes and stay safe. Goodbye.